Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. I'm privileged today to have Peter Ritano, the CEO of Abacus. Peter, welcome to the program. Thanks very much for having me on. So Peter, in 90 seconds, tell us who you are, who Abacus is, and what you guys do. So I'm an entrepreneur based out of uh, Toronto, Canada. Uh, I run a company called Abacus, um, which is an ad tech agency hybrid that specializes in uh, Facebook and Instagram advertising, mainly for um, large kind of corporate brands, but also for um, tech companies that are looking to scale. Um, Facebook obviously is one of the most powerful advertising platforms on the market. So we we really wanted to uh, specialize in an area that had high growth and uh, you know it's a very powerful platform. So um, we started the company um, two years ago. We're, we're VC backed and like I said, we're kind of an, an ad tech agency hybrid. So we've got some technology that helps us uh, run campaigns um, more effectively. Then I also. I also do a lot of investing in early stage companies and advising companies on growth and my, my career trajectories been kind of started off in sales and kind of moved more towards a, a business operator, uh, entrepreneur kind of setup. Brilliant. And you also do keynote speaking. So what are you talking about? A couple of things. So um, first one would be any digital marketing. So if um, you know you want to accelerate your digital marketing skills, anything from SEO, PPC, Facebook advertising, um, I can help with that growth hacking. And then the, the other side would be more um, kind of business and leadership. You know, I've, had, I've run a few businesses now, so I've, I've got some scars, made some mistakes, done some things well. And um, so I, some of my talks revolve around uh, some of those lessons learned that I've, I've picked up along the way. So it's either kind of corporate kind of conferences or uh, university uh, uh, universities looking to get someone into kind of talk to their business classes. Peter, you sound like a Brit. Uh, do I have you, that right? You do have that right. I was actually born in Australia, uh, raised in England, and now I live in uh, Canada. So all of the Commonwealth. So I went almost there. I went uh, from Pakistan, which was like ruled yeah. by the British, to England, the British <laughs> subject, to Canada, Canadian citizen, and then ended up at you know one of the wayward states, America. They got their freedom from the Brits yes, a long yeah, time ago. Uh, you finally escaped 1776 style. <laughs> So tell me, who's your favorite superhero and what attribute do they have that appeals favorite to you? Favorite superhero is probably uh, Batman. Just because, I, I just like him because he is a, a flawed superhero. You know, I think it, it, it makes for a more interesting kind of character um, development when you've got somebody who uh, doesn't always do the right things and has good intentions, but gets there in less than uh, ideal ways. So I, I, I like the fact that he's kind of like a flawed uh, flawed um, superhero. Somebody asked Michael Caine um, why um, a British person was able to create um, the best kind of Batman films with the new uh, Batman series that were that were released, and he thinks it's because um, you know Americans when they make the Batman films, they they see themselves as Superman, 
Um, but the rest of the world kind of sees them as as Batman a little bit more nuanced, kind of a hero that we need. But uh, you know, it, 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 they, they made it into a more kind of um, interesting and, and deep kind of character. So I like that. It kind of goes back to what you talk about on keynotes. Uh, you were mentioning that uh, you know it was the times you fell down is where you learned those lessons that uh, add value to people moving forward. And Batman's the same thing. It's like uh, those hardships create ingenuity and totally. strategy. Uh, you've got you've got to. I mean, you can obviously model off people and learn from other people's mistakes, but you you need to make your own mistakes to grow and kind of go through that uh, hardship to build to build character. What gets you out of bed every morning? What motivates you to help other companies to grow your company? A couple of things. So, I mean, I just genuinely love building things, building business, whether that's my own, uh, you know, whether that's investing in companies or whether that's kind of advising uh, founders and, and helping them grow. So just, just going through the process. I love the game. I love the game of raising money and building companies and hiring staff and kind of putting the chess pieces together and, um, uh, and, and you know, building out um, and trying to grow. Um, and then the second thing I think uh, that really mo- motivates me, one of my uh, kind of core ideals is just freedom. You know, having having control over my own destiny through uh, my own companies or even before when I was in um, sales, the thing that I really liked about sales was, um, you know, having flexibility and autonomy and being able to put in as much or as little work as I, as I wanted to, and obviously the more work you put in, the more results, and you can have a direct result, uh, direct impact on your own you know, salary and, and compensation. Um, so I, I, really li- I really like that aspect about sales and business is the kind of the freedom to, uh, there's no ceiling, um, and you can, you can apply yourself and you can hustle and, and do what you need to do, and really the, the, you know, the sky's the limit. Brilliant. Uh, so Peter, who's a mentor for you? A couple of people. Um, I would say my, my old boss uh, back in the UK uh, really helped to shape my career. I was a bit of a miscreant when I joined uh, my first agency, a little bit uh, rough around the edges. Um, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily the hardest worker, didn't really have a career trajectory, and he sat me down and kind of uh, illuminated me to the potential options. And he was, um, he was a great sales guy really, really good at sales, had a great process, um, great energy. And he helped point me in the direction or illuminate kind of what, what, what was possible in my career. And I didn't have to do that as well. Like obviously he managed me, but he also helped build out a career plan for me. So he had a big impact on me. And then probably my ex business partner in my previous business, Spark as well. He had a bit of big impact on me. He was another great sales guy he was a bit older than me he was uh, 40 i was 30 at the time he he had a he was always very much into relationship sales he was a master networker that had a big big impact on me as well and then um i i've got another person he runs a podcast called uh, mitch joel six pixels of separation he sold his agency um three years ago to wpp it's kind of a huge exit really cool guy really cool podcast and you know i I have dinners with him and he just kind of gives me some great insights so he's almost like a unofficial mentor i consider him brilliant so if you could have lunch with anybody past present fictional person who would it be and what question would you ask i'm a massive fan of christopher hitchens he sadly passed away a few years ago 
love his talks, uh, love his books, big inspiration on my kind of contrarian attitude. So I would love to have a, a lunch with him. Um, in terms of what I'd ask, I don't know. Um, I'd be super curious as to who he would have voted for between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. He was a huge, uh, uh, he wrote several books on the Clintons. He was definitely wasn't a fan, kind of ripped uh, Bill Clinton's presidency um, in, in, in his articles and his books, uh, but I doubt he would have liked the, the opposing side as well. So I'd be keen to hear uh, what he thinks of the current political climate and who he would have voted for. Tell me about uh, your first sales job. How old were you and what were you selling? So I, um, when I first graduated, um, I went into sound engineering um, and was horrible at it. Um, it was a terrible time. I did that for a couple of years and I eventually ended up at an agency doing more of a project manager role on the kind of technical side, um, kind of building websites. And just um, through, through dumb luck, um, people leaving the company, I kind of moved into more of an account manager role and then a sales role. Um, and just loved it. And that was the first taste of um, sales. We were selling web design, digital marketing, and then we um, had a piece of software called eDays, which was an absence management system, a SaaS uh, product. And so I was selling all of that. And then I, I slowly moved over to just SaaS sales, um, selling eDays, um, which was which was awesome. And I actually um, sell it, selling it in England that was doing really well in Europe. And then I um, I took it out to Australia um, and set them up out there on a kind of, I, I proposed the idea to them because they weren't doing any business in Australia or Asia. And I proposed the idea that I could take it out to Australia and sell it uh, on 100% commission. So I'd do well if I did, you know, if I sold and I, I wouldn't get anything if I, I didn't sell. And there, was, there really wasn't that much risk for me because I have family out there. I mean, I wanted to go back and live out in Australia for a little bit. And it, it, it did really well. So that was my first taste of sales in a kind of uh, in an agency environment, but then a software environment and just taking it, taking out a product somewhere else and starting from scratch and building out referral networks and uh, hitting people up cold via email and LinkedIn. So it was, a, it was kind of baptism of five, but it was really cool. That's the way you learn. <laughs> so tell me about the best deal you ever landed. Okay, so the best deal I ever landed um, after my immediate boss left in that in that agency who I who I loved. Um, I kind of started to move into this into this sales role. There was a, a few other salespeople in the organization. There was somebody a little bit more senior than me, and it, it was kind of unofficially um, decided that leads would be passed off to him, which was uh, a little bit frustrating. Uh, but one of the guys who answered the phone took took more of a liking to me, and um, a big lead came through once a, a bank, and he put the call through to me without um, saying who it is. And then as he was putting the call through, he said, oh, by the way, it's XYZ Bank, hung up the phone. The other sales guy heard, but by that time I was on the call and I closed it and it was an enormous sale, uh, a huge bank for this software. Commission check was obviously great, but it was, it, was, it was cool for me as well, just proving out to the team and myself that, hey, I can close these massive uh, enterprise deals as well. Who was your best sales manager ever and what was the one thing they taught you that you still uh, value today um so i my, my first sales manager at, at the agency I, I was referring to he just had a killer regimented process um that it would work through and it would just uh, really illustrated to me early on that sales is a numbers game and you need to kind of there's all of these building blocks that you need to do and if you do them consistently over time you will hit your numbers you know st you work backwards from the sales goal how many meetings do i need to get how many um, calls do i need to do to get those meetings um, how much 
prospect list do I need to build up? How many leads? And then just work backwards from there. And that was that was awesome for me. It kind of completely demystified the process, like build out that process. And then my uh, other business partner at my last agency. He was just a he was just a relationship sales guy, and he, he really instilled in me the value of building out a network that pays dividends over time. Kind of value based um, sales, um, you know, giving people something um, but without the expectation of asking back, and then eventually kind of harvesting those um, those, those results over time. And I, I think you need both in sales. Obviously, you need to kind of be hitting your month to month, week to week numbers and kind of pushing people through your sales pipeline. But you should also be planting seeds and building out networks so that you can kind of harvest over time. Have you ever had one of these come to Jesus moments where what you're doing or a particular thing isn't working well and you have to do a pivot or get some kind of uh, spark to uh, solve the problem? Yeah, I mean, so I always knew relationships and building a network was critical, especially with uh, my last business partner. But being new to Toronto, I came over here seven years ago. I had to start completely from scratch and I hated a lot of the networking events I'd go to, kind of inorganic, people just wanting something from you, kind of transient business cards flying everywhere. So I uh, started to try other things and tried to hack the, the net building a network process. And, you know, I started advising or mentoring and, and helping people sitting on boards, but I also created an organization called Bellwether. And Bellwether is a, um, a networking group, it's curated, it's invite only. We get together once a month, it's super informal. We have breakfast. It's, it's a load of kind of founders and, and media people and salespeople. And basically I just created a group around me. It was kind of a valuable uh, group for people where we'd collaborate and share ideas, but no real selling. Um, and it evolved over time to the point where now it's, it's just 250 person group, um, huge depth of relationship. Each one of those 250 people act as a node and refer people in. Um, but it was always done with the intention of just kind of organic quality relationships. And over those few years that I've been doing it, it's just grown and grown and grown to the point where now, you know, I've got a, a big network and being an immigrant to the to the com- country, you know, I, I know a lot of people and I can rely on a lot of people to help out. And um, it's, it's been great from a kind of business development perspective, but also just from a um, advice and consultative kind of perspective. So that was huge for me, just just hacking the networking process and just taking control and building out a system myself to build out a, a, a network. Have you ever had an opportunity where you needed to save a deal from the jaws of death? Yes, um, <laughs> haven't we all? <laughs> We've all had one. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm still in one right now. So recently we, uh, we, we messed up massively. We uh, had a great prospect, huge spend on, on advertising, great meeting with them. They have the budget, timing was right, the need was right, we were right. Great couple of meetings. Um, after the second meeting, our outbound salesperson didn't know we were talking to them. Um, we didn't script the list properly for them. Um, and they've been hitting out their, uh, hitting up our, our, uh, their CEO and, uh, the CEO of the company got totally turned off. She thought it was aggressive and she thought we were kind of confused because we were already talking to them and then we we're hitting them up in a, in a kind of outbound cold approach. Um, we should have checked the prospect list. Uh, we should have scrubbed it. We didn't. So now we're in the process of working our way back in um, slowly and we kind of proving ourselves. So I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. Hope, watch this space. <laughs>
as we look out into the sales landscape, today selling is a lot different than it was even five years ago. What do you think is the biggest challenge in sales today? I think there's a lot of noise. I think that we're, you know, we're bombarded with messaging everywhere we go, offline, online, uh, especially in, in the space I'm in, kind of marketing technology. You know, there's a lot of players out there. There's a lot of uh, outbound sales. There's a lot of advertising. We see 360 ads a day. Um, so there's a lot of messaging uh, being pushed at us. As consumers now, we love buying products, but we hate being sold to. We increasingly prefer self-directed paths to purchase. Um, so I, I think the key is um, having a well-structured inbound funnel coupled with effective sales process. And you really have to focus on adding value to prospects lives throughout that throughout that funnel you know interruptive sales works less and less we've got less patience for it we've we're in an attention economy where our attention is you know really in demand um, and we've got the same amount of hours in our day so you need to work out as a as a salesperson or as a business person you know how do i interact with this person actually add value and not kind of steal their time because we've got no patience for it so little things like you know sending out emails like you're just following up to see if you're ready to buy my stuff yet you know it, it just never works it's annoying and um, we're always trying to add value and incrementally move people down that uh, funnel. So rather than just sending up, hey, just following up, have you checked the proposal yet? You know, sending them some kind of article or some kind of valuable uh, bit of information or, hey, I saw you in the news, just check this, kind of staying on their radar, but not being a pain. So how do you set expectations for your team and uh, help them achieve uh, those expectations? I mean, obviously we have quotas that we can expect people to hit and we base them on expectations we have of ourselves so myself and my business partner jeff um, we still do a lot of selling especially the relationship type selling so we look at what we can achieve and then kind of parlay that down into somebody that's doing it full time and then we you know build um you know goals that we think are at the at the minimum and then uh stretch goals um that that people can be striving for and, and and do hit and obviously we can refine those over time i mean i've definitely set goals before that have been way too aggressive and you know optimistic and we we have to kind of refine them i i give a lot of um rope to um flexibility to the to the salespeople and really just try and work with them on what they think they can hit and obviously we've got business expectations as well it's the best sales advice you've ever gotten okay so one would be don't try to convert the unconvertible um, there's so many customers out there or businesses that you that do want your product um so stop wasting time on ones that don't you know you, you i've seen so many people and i've done it before where you kind of you know, uh, beating a dead horse, you know, really trying to push prospects who have signaled that they're not interested. Obviously, you need to, you know, explore those, um, explore those and try and try and convert people and move them through the process. But oftentimes we get signals that we just choose to ignore. I mean, I think I think quite a lot you know, getting a no and pushing for that no fast is a win in and of itself. You can move on to another prospect. Right. So um, getting the qualifying, getting those moving on, look for areas of traction and then double down on them. So for us, we get a lot of business from agencies 
other agencies. Um, and so we, we just put a ton of effort into that. And obviously, you, know, you, you might exhaust that at some point, unlikely, but you might. And then you start moving on to areas that are less easy and less effective. Um, so I just really look for like, you know, areas that I see a bit of traction, I can add rocket fuel to it. What's something you know now that you wish you knew 10 years ago? Hmm. Something that I know now that I wish I knew 10 years ago. That's a good question. I mean, that particular thing, stop trying to convert the un- unconvertible would be, uh, would definitely be one. I mean, I've, I've wasted so much time chasing down prospects that, you know, just aren't ever going to close. So I, 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 I would honestly say that from a sales perspective, just moving through efficiently through a pipeline is probably the thing that I, that I wish I knew. Um, and also just, uh, you know, going back to the relationship thing, just, I wish I knew earlier that, you know, relationships, you know, nurturing those relationships, they pay out over the long term. I think when anyone starts in sales, obviously they're looking for quick, quick traction, which is, which is great. You need to hit your numbers, but my, the, the, if I'd have started building out a, a network earlier and just adding value um, without expecting anything in return, I think I could have had, you know, an exponentially big, bigger network that um, I can harvest, you know. You mentor uh, young leaders and startups and you invest. Can you tell me about uh, a particular startup and some advice you gave them that helped them turn things around? Hmm. And I think uh, it depends on what stage of the company. I, I tend to invest in, in companies that have some kind of product market fit um, and they're looking to scale. I do invest in kind of a very seed stage sometimes as well. Um, if you're in the early stage, the, the, the key is finding that product market fit. Product market fit meaning you've found something that the market actually wants. So we come into it uh, when you start a business with a hypothesis. You could, that could, and it could be a hypothesis back, backed on, backed by research and kind of data, but most of the time it's assumption. And then what you need to do is when you're building the business, test those assumptions rapidly, as fast as you can, as cheaply as you can to work out what assumptions are right and what assumptions are wrong. And then move towards areas, be willing to pivot towards areas where you see traction and you see product market fit. So don't hold on to your, you know, your cherished idea too much, you know, be willing to be flexible and move towards where you're actually seeing, where you're seeing fit. And that's the same in marketing as well. I think a a big problem people have is that they create uh, plans and they force themselves to stick to them regardless of the data coming back in. Um, The truth is you should be, you should create a plan and don't stick to it. You know, with marketing in 2018, we have so much data that's being fed back in that we can quickly pivot and move towards different areas, but you can't have an ego about it. You can't hold on to ideas because you had them early on and you think it's right when the data says otherwise. Brilliant. Is there a must-read book you'd recommend to the audience? So a must-read book I really like. I mean, I think a classic that fits with my sales philosophy or kind of relationship sales is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I think that's a classic. It's just like a, a rule book for how to get people to like you, how to handle different personalities um, and the important interpersonal aspects that all salespeople should learn to should learn to master. So if you haven't read that, 
highly recommend that. Um, and then another book I've just read is called Waking Up. I really like it. It's called it's uh, Spirituality Without um, Religion, and it's all about kind of meditation and, and mindfulness. And I think um, given the roller coaster that sales is, um, we all need a little bit of help with kind of stress management and staying present and not getting caught up too much with the roller coaster. So that's been a, a great book for me to read. Peter, uh, before we part company, how can people get a hold of you? So you can uh, look up our, uh, our website at abacus.agency or feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. It's, uh, it's, it's Peter Ritano or um, I'm on Twitter at the handle uh, Digidharma. Brilliant. And we'll put those on the show notes. Peter, thanks so much for uh, sitting down with me and I'm looking forward to our next conversation. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 